Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Um, if you haven't guessed it, you've tuned in to the Vitamin D with Dawn Day podcast, and I am your host, Dawn Day, here to get you excited about your life so that you can live life on purpose and for purpose. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you for choosing you because um, vitamin D, let me tell you, is a pun off my name. My name is Dawn, which is the sun. So I'm here to shed light into your life. But let's be clear. When we talk about shedding the light, that's on the good and the bad. Because if you want to be better and you want to do better, guess what? You're going to have to be able to see better, okay? And we do that by instilling that you are your greatest asset because um, at the end of the day, I'm here to get excited about my life and I couldn't be more excited today because as I've told you time and time again, this is my dream and I have a dear, a special friend that's joining me today. Now, <laughs> just so that we got this clear, I want to make sure I say it right. He is an award-winning television host, a fashion designer, a celebrity stylist. Um, you can say he's both an image maker and a therapist, kind of like that whole ordeal of working on the outside in. Um, you may be familiar with him known as the man behind the curtain also known as the stylist to one of my uh, one of the women that I look up into the industry so much Queen Latifah he styled what Angela Bassett Lenny Kravitz I mean the list could go on and on and oh let me not forget the late the great uh, the voice Miss Whitney Houston so without further ado I hope you enjoy this conversation it's time for your dose of vitamin D get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life Mr. Snail. Yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. How you doing? Welcome to my dream. You know what? It's a, it's great to be a part of your dream because I've heard about this dream a long time and you're out here doing it. It's great to be in a dream that is a happy dream. Yes. And I'm here to participate and, you know, have great conversation and just share some of my experience, my um, adventures, my um, opportunities with you and um, what I've done, what I'm doing now and where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm hoping we can inspire some people on the way. Well, that's what it's all about. I mean, having conversation is at the end of the day, you want people to take a have a great takeaway. Right. That's anything you do in life, you want people to take something away from it that's valuable. Even if you're cooking for them, you want them to take away a fed mm. stomach. You want them to feel good about what they mm. ate. It, no matter what, in any situation, I think it's um, especially in this climate, we have to do things to make us feel good and make other people feel good as well. Right. Because we walk away with kind of like three principles to be informed, inspired and entertained. I feel like that's kind of like the pinnacles that drive us in life. I agree. I think it's um, challenging. But in life, I think that we always have to reach out for something that's better than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we reach out for things that are better than ourselves and encourage ourselves, that's how we keep moving forward. And that's how we keep going towards the possibility. Because that's what life is. Every day you work, you wake up in the morning is a possibility for something to turn over in your life. And it's a sign that the universe and God is not done with you yet. Hello? So you might as well make the best of it. It ain't a period until it's over, right? It's not a period until hey. it's over. And then after the period, the spirit still lives. Hey, come on. The, the soul is at rest, but the spirit lives. Wait, you better hold on. Okay? You know, it's that upbringing, you know, my mom and my family and stuff. You know, I was raised in church. So, you know, you, you, you have a foundation. It's just like with anything, mm-hmm. you get a foundation. Just like I went to design school that, that, Poveted me, me here to where I am today. You need that foundation. You need something to work with. You need that knowledge and that power to keep you strong, to keep you focused, to keep you mighty, and to keep you powerful. All right. And it's a testament as to why you've been able to be featured on the Queen Latifah show, the Steve Harvey <sighs> show know, on crazy. Watch. I mean, you've had your own show, but mm-hmm. we're going to dive into that and even talk about how we met. First, for anybody that's just tuning in, tell us about who you are. Okay. I am Timothy Snell, Man Behind the Curves. And, you know, just uh, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada, born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. I come from a family. uh, I have a sister named Tracy. My parents are no longer with us. My parents um, raised us together. Um, I came from a middle class um, black family. I felt very fortunate in a lot of ways growing up because I had opportunities growing up as a kid that weren't afforded to a lot of other black kids and stuff growing up, but I felt very advantaged and I was always trying to take my friends along for the ride. Like my sister and I took swimming lessons. We took judo. I played the saxophone. My sister played the clarinet and she played the piano. These are things that our parent, my parents kept us involved in to keep our, because you know, they didn't want us to stray from anything and they kept positive adults and positive people around us as mm. we grew up as kids. And, you know, I grew up you know, singing in the church choir. Oh. You know me, I sing all over the place. You know me, I'm a singer in my car. I consider my car to be my concert hall and my office. So I do that kind of thing. And then when I was about 17 years old, I got a chance to sing on a Las Vegas strip as a background singer. What? what? How come I didn't know that? There's a lot of things that people don't know about me. Wait a minute. There are a lot of things. So you were about to be a singer? Well, you know, the interesting thing about it is my sister, when I said I was going to leave, when I was leaving home to go to design school, she said, I don't know why you're going to design school. Why don't you just go over and do session work and just become a singer? And I never really 
thought about that. I didn't have the opportunity and I didn't think about it. But I, looking back on it in hindsight, I think to myself, God, my sister saw something in me that I didn't realize. And she dropped that nugget at me and I didn't pay attention to it. But yeah, I've been singing all my life. My mother was my mother and her sister growing up used to go around in their town. My mother was born in her name was Helen. Yes. And Helen. um her sister's name was Maddie. And they grew up and they could really sing. They could harmonize. They would take a poem and make a song out of it. They um were in that period around the Lena Horn area and all oh. era and all of that stuff like that. They didn't have the opportunity that some of the opportunity that has been afforded to me as wasn't afforded to my mom and her sister and stuff, but they could really sing. My mother was a great alto soprano singer. I mean, she could blow. And she had a really powerful voice, and so did her sister. And um, so it just runs in my family. I never knew if my dad, because I don't even know if I ever had my dad sing, but my dad could whistle, and I inherited that. You will be on a whistle. You'll be in the car with I inherited that from my dad. I'm a strong whistler. Like, I'll sing, I'll whistle up a Mariah Carey song in a minute (laughs) and hit those notes with a whistle. Right. I mean, that's my thing. I mean, but... um, Yeah, that's where I started, Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, I still go home periodically. Mm-hmm. I still see the same friends that I grew up with and um, their parents and the cousins and stuff like that. And it just, it's really nice to go home, you know, to be, to feel valued. Oh, just, it was just rooted at times, And right? be appreciated and say, we're proud of you. You're doing yeah. a good job. And, you know, all of that stuff really, you know, just um, grounds you. Makes you feel, you know, okay. It makes you feel cool. It makes the 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 climb up much easier because you know that your roots are planted, right? Yeah, I mean, I think what your parents instilling you is what you take to your grave. Wow, and you know, just me knowing you personally, like you have a really strong connection with your mother. Mm-hmm. You were always close with your mother. Was she into fashion? Always. Yes, that's where I think I got the love of it from. Uh-huh. My mother would go and shop at iMagnum, which was a really big boutique store in um, Vegas. So she would go to the high-end boutiques. If she could not afford it, she could copy it in her mind and go home and make it. Shut the front door. Mm-hmm. So I grew up around the sewing machine. I grew up around my mother would be in the bed with my dad watching TV doing ne- uh, needlepoint. And I have pillowcases that my mom made for me and my sister with needlepoint, needlepoint and things like that. So she was a creative. And so was my father. My father, I always, my father worked as a bellman, head bellman at the, um, one of the hotels for many, many years. But before that, my father went to college. He went to Gramlin State in Louisiana. He was a college man. And he had a really green thumb. He liked the outdoors. We had a beautiful yard growing up. The landscaping was beautiful. The lights around the house. I mean, he took a lot of pride in his yard and his cars because he washed his cars all the time. Mm. I have pictures of my dad leaning on his car in the 60s. It's clean and beautiful (laughs) and everything like that. So, yeah, you know, I, I really think that I've had the best of both worlds getting the creative aspect from both parents. Mm -hmm. But my mother was the driving source of the creative when it comes down to style and um, fashion and things like that. Because it's what I saw. Right. And I'm wondering, was your mother, she, was she, did she embrace that and cultivate that with you? Or is that something that you kept to yourself? Like how did that? It's something that I kept to myself. I didn't really talk about it because you have to think about it. I was, you know, I was raised up in the early 70s. It's a totally different thing compared to what it is today. You weren't available to be as free as you are today as a young creative, you know, coming out and trying things. You know, everything was about being masculine and being, um, you know, um, the boy, you know, 
the baseball boy or playing baseball or whatever like that. And like I said before, my dad put us in judo classes. Me and my sister took martial arts. You know, he wanted us to be able to protect ourselves and different things like that. And so for me, it wasn't stifled, but it wasn't like, you know what I mean? It wasn't nurtured. It wasn't watered. It wasn't saying here. It wasn't taken away, but. Oh, it was never taken away. It was always great job. You know, good. That's beautiful. Wow. You know, that type of stuff. You know, things like that. So did you feel like growing up of, I guess you were sketching different things that. Um, I was sketching, right. I was sketching, right. I've always been like a uh, a writer. I would I would keep journals before I knew what journals were. Really? You know, I was very young and I've gotten away from a lot of that stuff. But all of that stuff that was, I guess, wasn't foreign to me, was foreign to the world as people out doing it, as people talk about it today. Oh, so you know, how did how did you branch over? Because I know there's plenty of people that probably maybe want to be a stylist, maybe want to be a doctor mm-hmm. or anything. And people aren't necessarily cultivating that or in that environment. So well, the interesting thing for me is I after high school, I went to my father and I said, um, John, never forget this conversation. Mm-mm. I said to my dad, um, I want to take a year off. And he looked at me and he said, a year off from what? I said, well, I want to figure out where I'm going and what I'm doing and where you're going to go to school and you're going to figure out what you're doing and where you're going. My father was really about education. His side of the family are um, college professors. They have doctrine degrees. They have master's degrees. He is really about that fine education. My father was a part of that that circle. And um, I didn't know then what I knew now. I was upset about it and whatever like that, but I did understand. I went to regular community college, just trying to figure it all out, mm-hmm. you know, taking those basic courses. But then I figured out, I prayed one day and I said, God, what do I do naturally that could be my career? Oh, interesting. Because I would sketch clothes every now and then and I love clothing and I love the idea of fashion for men and women. I love that fashion tells a story about a person, how they dress, it articulates mm-hmm. to another individual or the world how they think of themselves in some cases. So, I went to, um, started taking some primary like fashion courses and stuff like that just to figure it out. And then one day this guy said, I mean, you know, there's a college in LA that's fit them and there's all these other colleges that you should look into. So I looked into it and I went to school and I, um, I was fortunate enough. My mom took me and she paid the, um, initial tuition to get in and stuff like that for me. And, um, because I went to school right after my father passed away. My father was 48 years old, healthy as we oh thought he my. was. 48. Healthy as we thought he was. My <laughs> father wasn't overweight. He was a vitamin taker. He was an active man. And But you know what? People didn't pay attention to science with heart disease back then as they do, as they do now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So my dad died in February and I left home in September going to college. So in college, I found myself. It was a it was a freedom that I had never known before, and I didn't work as hard as I th- thought I should have worked. But well, wait, I, let me ask you this: When hmm. you say you found yourself, what do you mean by that? Well, it was a chance for me to be free, to be who I wanted to be. And who was that? A gay man that just wanted to be free and just wanted to be whomever I wanted to be, and not judge for who I am, but just judge for the um, character of, of who I am as a man. Yeah, yeah. You know, because, you know, when you're 20, when you're 19, 20, 21, you're very young in head. Mm-hmm. You're very young in thought and you don't know really how to be a man. You have to learn how to be a man. A man, someone, and for me, it was, I was always aware that 
being a man didn't necessarily mean the measure of your masculinity or your testosterone within your body. Being a man was taking care of your family and taking care of your business and being of service and being responsible and and those type of things. Because those are the things that my father showed me. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I have in me. So, you know, it was a lot. It was becoming free from that and just becoming who I wanted to be, experimenting and dating and doing stuff and being creative and not having someone to tell me when to get up or time to go or time to do this or, you know, whatever like that. So, you know, that was all when you, when I look back at it in hindsight, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to, for a person to um, hold on to. But I will tell you about, as we talk, I'll tell you about all of the experience. I have a connection to things because when I um, left home, I was raised at 421 Elizabeth. 421 is seven. Okay. My dorm room number was 717. What? Yes. And when I laid in the bed one night, um, I could see in the ceiling that somebody had um, written the name Eddie. My this father's is, this, name was Eddie. This is in college, you uh-huh. saw this? My father's name was Eddie. And I asked my roommate in my dorm room, I said, can you look and tell me what what is that and what does it say? It says Eddie. And that was a sign to me to let me know that my father's spirit was with me. Hey. See, I've had all type of things like that to happen to me all through life. Just with clients that I work for, the connection to them, and the bigger picture. And after graduating from college and going through that whole process, I did really good. In, I won a lot of awards for best of show, best of category. So I knew I was doing something right. You had right. something. Mm-hmm. You had something that I, definitely was being nurtured and developing. Yeah, I knew I had something, but... I didn't know where it was going to take me. So um, I got into the business. I started working. You know, I, I, I experienced a lot of racism. Really? I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very, I'm six foot four. I'm like 250 pounds. I'm a green eyed black man and I can be into His eyes are gorgeous. And I can can be, I can be, (laughs) I can be intimidating because I, I know how to articulate and how to have conversation and how to right. say what I need to say very well. And my and my work and my sketches and my book was beautiful because I took pride in my book that I presented for jobs. And I remember years, my friends were getting jobs. I wasn't getting jobs. My struggle was real. And it wasn't because I wasn't talented because I wouldn't accept that about myself. I know I have talent. The, just the barriers were different back in the early 90s. It was a totally different story. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... And then confirmation came when I ran up on somebody that I went to interview at this company and the girl pulled me to the side. She said, you know, we all saw your book. You were very talented, but the owner wasn't going to hire you because you were black. And I thought I wanted, yeah. Wait, what did you say when she said that to you? Was she black? No, she's white. She was a white woman. And I said to her, thank you for sharing that with me. I didn't, I I was really disappointed in that moment, but I really appreciate that because that's something that I felt on many different occasions, but I appreciate you telling me because you're giving me the confirmation I need to just push ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a, a black man in fashion, as I am, I mean, there are some struggles and some, has been some struggles, I would say, and some challenging moments, but things have changed. And things That's have changed opened a lot. Up and, and, you know, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's in vogue to be black and to be whatever, but let's face it, for 
decades and decades, the the black experience has been copied mm-hmm. to the runway, to lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So now I'm just happy to be a part of the conversation. Your conversation is so much bigger, no pun intended, because you serve a, a area that, you know, for many have been discouraged mm-hmm. from the fashion industry and that's right, the right. plus size field. Right. And so I'm wondering, did you know coming in once you graduated that you wanted to go to plus size? Well, or my mother reminded me of something. She said to me, you know, when you were in design school, you told me that you wanted to do plus size women's fashion. And I said, oh, I forgot. How did you even think to... I how did you even know of a plus... I just, what? I just think that when you're open to prayer and spirit and you're open to... You're a sensitive person. I think that God gives you things, but I think we can get so jumbled till we can't see, we can't hear it. We can't hear it or see it because we're so distracted by by other things out there into the universe, be it good, bad, or indifferent or distracted. But my mother reminded me of that. And I thought, oh my God, I forgot all about that. But so who was the inspiration? Like, I guess because if, at the time, if you're just seeing everybody like pencil mm-hmm. thin, let's just say, I know Twiggy was way back then, but just like right. the Naomi Campbells, um, you know, all those that were slender, how did you even think that, oh, a plus side girl needs to look good? Because... For me, and we'll talk about that later, like someone like you has changed the trajectory of my thought process, my life, everything. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I think it's because when I went to church, um, I was exposed to women who took pride in the way they looked. Mm. And African-American women have curves. But the way they dress, the way they sauntered into church the way the hats were tilted to the side, to the way um, they didn't wear gloves anymore, but how the handbags and everything just came together a certain kind of way. Wow, yeah. And I, I was always attracted to that. I was always attracted to the beauty of that and how my mother's friends, because my mother was a great dresser. I remember being no more 9, 10, 11, 12 walking through the mall and stuff and how men would just stare at my mom as she would walk. She wasn't, she didn't dress sexually. She just had great style. Mm. And I just used to think to myself, what are they looking at? But then one day I figured out this woman walked and said, oh my God, that's a beautiful dress and you wear it so well. And I had to begin to hear that more often. Wear it so well. I began to hear that more often. Then I began to pay more attention to how my mom dressed and how she pulled herself together and stuff like that. So I, I have to say that, um, the influence of the women around me going to church, going to um, weddings and different things like that really spoke to me. And also television, did fashion magazines and different things like that. You know, I, um, I just paid attention to beauty. And, it didn't, and size didn't matter to me because I was exposed to women of different sizes growing up. So it wasn't foreign to me. This is a part it's so of my interesting life. that you say that because like you said, you quoted in your bio, you said that clothes tell a story about a person and that provide uh, that fashion provides a common meeting ground because it's a mm-hmm. universal language. Yeah. But I guess for someone like myself that grew up as a plus size girl, right. um, going out ecstatic about going shopping, that wasn't my narrative. That was like, mm-hmm. that was horror. Yeah. So it's even interesting for, to hear you say like, hey, you went to church and you saw all these women. Yeah, and maybe that's the key thing because as a young girl, what, as far as curvy clothes, what looked right on me? And 
as you right. said before, things have changed since it was but back in the day. Well, things have changed. You have to look at it. But things have changed, but they haven't changed as much. I re- most recently had a conversation with somebody, and I've been saying this for the longest. Even I used to talk about this on my TV show when I had interviews for my show and stuff like that. Um, I used to always say the shopping experience is where it all begins. The shopping experience is not online. Everybody's mm-hmm. looking for experiences today. They're looking for things to take them out of their norm and bring them to somewhere that's more powerful, more interesting, more pleasurable, more um, um, exciting, et cetera, et cetera. And I always thought the shopping experience in plus-size departments is so dismal. They're not set up properly. Mm-mm. You have to go all the way in. You used to have to go all the way in the back yeah. in the corner. Mm-hmm. Why would that make you feel good? Well, they wouldn't because really it's changed, but a lot of it used to be afterthought. You have to think about that. A lot of that was afterthought. But now you have such companies um, such as Eloquy that you can order online. You can you have um, an upscale line called Eleven on Array. You have the curvy fashionista Marie who talks about fashion and she's the trailblazer in, uh, with her blog about fashion, keeping you up on what's happening and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I think that with those, with people like that that are um, in the mix, it's making it different. But I, I just feel there needs to be places where women of size can go. And right, just to have a experience. conversation about the curves and what matters. Because You walk in and you see five or six other girls that are like a 16 or, or 18 or 22 or whatever like that, however you want to look at it. But you feel comfortable. You feel comfortable. And You're I think like, that's oh, the big okay. thing about feeling I don't have comfortable. To, like, you know, you feel comfortable enough to... You know, hey girl, what's up? You know, that kind of thing. Oh, that looks cute on you. I'm going to try that too. That come in my size, that comes in your size. Let me go to the back and get it for you. Because it can be very intimidating. And I'm just wondering, did you ever practice or did you get any inspiration from your sister? Because you had a whole woman, you know, in the house with you. Oh yeah, my sister's a pretty woman and I always got inspiration for her for the sense that she always... She doesn't know it, but she followed my mother's sensibility of fashion and clothing. Because now my sister has a daughter who's... 19 years old, she's in college. So she wants to show skin, of course, and she has a beautiful figure. And I said to my sister one day, let her show her body. She's very tasteful. She doesn't show a lot because she's young. Are they they both plus size? Are they? My niece? Mm -hmm. No. My niece is 5'11 and like 145 pounds. Okay. She she ain't. mm -mm. (laughs) No, no. She ain't, but she works out and right. she's aware of her body. Yeah. And she gets a little thick every now and then when she comes home. She's at home summer right now. When she goes back to school, whatever weight she gains, it'll just drop right out because she's a act, she's active. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so I, for me, about anything that has to do with the curvy market is is just, it's opportunity, time, and space. Because for the last several years, a lot of people who are in, who have a love for it and an understanding for curvy, curvy bodies and the curvy market are participating in it. But there are a lot of people that just own it for the money. But if you're going to be in it for the money, hire people and put people in a position who know the, who know the job, who live in the body. I may not live in a plus-size woman's body, but I live in a plus-size man's body. And so I want to ask you about that. So how, now usually we hear on the other end about models who are plus-size. As a plus-size celebrity stylist, what was your journey like? Coming through the industry. It was so interesting because I just happenstanced upon it. I got really kind of disillusioned with 
the, the fashion industry because I wasn't getting the jobs that I thought that I deserved and that I was capable of doing and that I knew I could do. So I walked out of a job. This company was called Taryn Apparel and I worked in a division and um, I went to work for Z Gallery. And let me tell you how God works. <laughs> when I went to Z Gallery, this girl worked there part-time and she said, you know, Larry Flint, who we all know, Hustler Magazine, Hustler, whatever, whatever. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. It's coming out with this men mag- men's magazine for men of color, a fashion magazine. And we've been talking and you're really into fashion and you've got great style and you really seem to know what you're doing. Maybe you should interview with them. To work on the magazine, to be wow. a part of it. And I just thought myself and see, this is where fear steps in. Come, let's talk, talk about it. Come on. This is where fear steps in. Because in my head, I was saying, I don't think I can do this. What am I doing? Why am I doing? I, I, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, okay, God, if this is meant for me to meet, to be a part of this um situation, a part of this magazine called Code Magazine. Um, Give me how to do it, how to sell myself. So I was laying in the bed one night and I was just kind of thinking to myself. And then the the word to me came to me, storyboards. So what I did was I put together eight storyboards of fashion for men. And what I did, instead of using American men's magazines like GQ, I used European men's magazines to create my storyboards. And what was the difference that you found? I found that the the European men's fashion fashion boards would relate more to black men because they were more interesting. They were more stylish. They were more out of the box. They were more unique. 
So that's the reason I went there. So I met with the publication director, Abby Britton, who had worked for Women's Wear Daily and who had worked for um, More Magazine, who had worked for Glamour and all these different other magazines who was going to be over this, a white woman who was going to be over this. But she was hired putting the team together. I went in. I had fashion experience and I had fashion design experience. I put my storyboards up and I began to be- and I became a storyteller. And I sold my vision on how I see the magazine. And you got that job. Got that job. Because you became the first fashion director. Yes. But let me tell you how that happened. Oh. <laughs> they said, she said, I'm going to bring you in as a fashion, uh, a fashion editor. <clears throat> I said, okay, an, a fashion editor assistant. I'm going to bring you in as that. Because the girl that was over it was named Cindy, Cindy Bolden, who still works in fashion today. She's at InStyle Magazine. And I love her to this day. She hey. got a job with Women's Way Daily. She left the magazine. The publication director came to me and she said, I love you. You're very creative. This is a black man's magazine. You're a black man. I'm not going to bring somebody in over you. I'm going to teach you everything you need to know. Wow. And she did. Can I ask you a question? This, I mean, I don't know how this sounds, but have you found that, you know, because you've mentioned two people who have really given you direction. Were they people of color? Well, Abby wasn't a person of color. My direction through life has been given to me by many multiple okay, types of okay. people of culture because that's how my friend base is. Right, uh, my right. Friend the diversity of all that. So I have been fortunate enough to have a lot of people to um, give me opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So um, that's how that happened. And then I, before I knew it, Oh, you got to go to Milan. You have to go to London. And you so have you to just, go to Paris. so you, did you ever, when you got your start, did you work with any other brands before you jumped over to Code Magazine? No, I had to create a Rolodex. Wow. I had to call people and ask for clothing. I had to build my relationships. You know, within any job that you do, you only as good as your relationship. Come on. Relationships are important. It's important to nurture your relationships. It's important to be kind to people and be direct and be as polished as you can with how you want to be represented, that you you talk to people in the same That's way. That's why they say your net worth is your network. It is. It is. It really is. And that Rolodex is power. That Rolodex used to be, you know, the thing that sits on the desk and right. do that thing. Now your Rolodex is right here. It's, it's in, in your, your phone. phone. And, and that can be on social media as well, right? And social media, Instagram, et cetera. I've met a lot of designers, young, up-and-coming um um, biopoc um, designers, urban designers that are looking for, that are looking because I just recently participated in a uh, as a judge for um, the Curvy Fashionista and Eleven. Uh, I'm sorry, the Curvy Fashionista and uh, Eloquate. They partnered to look for a black designer, urban black designer to feature. And a lot of people applied. I was part of that judging process. Wow. They picked something, and they're going to be featured next year. And um, 11 on, a, uh, no, I'm sorry, in Eloquy's um, website and selling clothes. Oh my gosh, congratulations. So it's really, um, it's really, there's so many things happening and manifesting itself, you know, kind of that, that magazine was a thing that turned the trajectory of my life. Kind of gave you like the launching pad. It did. And to make a long story short, I did that. The magazine closed, unfortunately, but we did the first award season for magazines and publishing and stuff like that. We won six awards since six, wow. six Maggies. There was no there was nobody like us. And we coined ourselves down the side of our book, the style bible for men of color. 
Wow. And to this day, once a year, GQ puts out an issue called the Style Bible. Really? Mm-hmm. Coined by us. Hello, somebody. Catch it. Catch it. I caught it. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and another thing, what when we came out with the magazine, Code Magazine, they started featuring at that particular time more men of color in the fashion spreads. So we were making a difference, l- noticeable little differences. And what did you find a lot of plus size men then? Or mm-hmm. is that? No. Um, we worked with models. Now we had, um, we did covers and I did a lot. We did Princess a cover. We did Lenny Kravitz, Lauren Fish, Lawrence Fishburne. We did Samuel Jackson. He was our premier cover oh, wearing, wow. wearing Oswald Boutang from London. Come on. So, you know, we, we really, we really raised the bar. And men, because I always say, and I, people would ask me in interviews when I was with Code Magazine, what makes the the man of color different with this magazine. I said, well, the difference is that he can go um, downtown to uptown, or downtown, I'm sorry, uptown would be Harlem, downtown to do a black tie affair with a tuxedo on. He can go home, put on his jeans and his Tims, open up his shirt, take off his bow tie, keep his jacket and his crisp white shirt on and go right on to the uptown and hang with his boy. Hey, versatility. Versatility. And because we are the arbiters of fashion in a lot of ways. So, mm. yeah. And if somebody is just wondering, what do you mean by that? Well, the interesting thing about it is they, they did a round table to come up with the name of Code Magazine. And what was taken away from it, that black men speak in a lot of code. That they understand each uh-huh. other and they speak in a lot of different ways that people may not understand. And I think a lot of times when people think that black men may be aggressive or coming a certain way, it's not necessarily, it's the code, it's the it's way the, they it's speak. It's the culture, it's just the way it's the, the culture is. It's the culture, it's the way they speak. So yeah, I was with that magazine, the magazine folded, and then I... um got an agent and I started doing music videos and all of that stuff. So you, so I'm leaving there, mm-hmm. you start doing the music videos and so when did like the Queen Latifahs, the Angela Bassett's and, and the Whitney Houston, how, how did that happen? That was interesting. I had an agent. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So who was first? The best thing that came out of the whole agent situation for me was getting Whitney Houston. My book was taken to William Morris it was put in front of um, Nicole David, um, Whitney's, um, you know, one of her, um, you know, managers, um, that whole thing over there. And her assistant was a black woman, Tamara Houston, had been following me doing cold. And she said, oh, because they thought that maybe she, we should change and maybe try a man with Whitney for a while. And so she saw it and she said, well, let me show you this issue and how he styled Halle Berry for the cover, for the anniversary issue. And then um, I met Whitney. I just kind of bonded. I just what was natu- that like? First of all, okay, first, first of all, can we rewind a little bit? Because yeah. it wasn't just like meeting Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston was one of your idols growing up, right? Whitney Houston was the first concert I went to in my, in my entire young adult life. At the Forum in Los Angeles, California. What? Snell. She was my first concert. My first concert. And Whitney's full name was Whitney Elizabeth Houston. I was raised on Elizabeth Street. Come on. I mean, there's, Elizabeth. there's certain things that just kind of happen in your life if you pay attention that you see the parallel. It is always kind of like there and we're just kind of looking outside. But wait a minute. The parallel. 
Who would have ever thought, and I think that's the power and what we talked about starting off in dreaming. Who would have ever thought this young boy has the a love for this? And then you up here working with her? Wait, tell me about the concert. Tell me about when you met her. My friend, my friend Tammy Gabois, um, which is one of my um, dear friends, said, I got tickets for us to go to a concert. I'm thinking, oh. I was like, oh, God, what is this concert going to be? You know, because my girl, she had very different tastes about music and stuff like that, which I appreciated. Because at that time, we were listening to The Cure and all these other kind of things. Because, you know, I've just been very open about my music. I like all types of music. So she said, no, we're going to go see Whitney Houston. almost fell down because she knew how much I loved her. So we had nosebleed seats. But I was sitting in the benches, and I could hear her sing. Her voice was so amazing. I'm thinking, I thought, it crossed my mind. I thought to myself, well, I would like to work from her. Wow. And you know how you get... Well, you better speak it, Snell. The reason why I had to pause real quick, because you know I have life tattered in my mouth. <laughs> Snell, don't act like you didn't know that. Well, that's true. That's true. And the fact that you were able to speak that into existence, what? And I just kind of said it. Just kind of, you know how you just kind of say something? You're not really paying attention. You just say something. I, I was kind of like, God, I'd like to work with her. And then I just went on to the melody of the music. Love Didn't will save the day how. or whatever she was singing. I just went on. I did. I just, it was a, it was a thought. Come on. And it was me just speaking something that was in my head. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think my friend heard me. I, cause I didn't, I didn't broadcast it. It was just a thought for me. The interesting thing about this. Come on. Before I got Whitney. I was going through a hard time. I wasn't making the kind of money I thought I needed to make. I just felt like, God, I've struggled so long. What is going on? Why is these things? Why why can't I just get myself through the door? I know what I bring. The preacher's wife was out. Mm. And we had a, what was it? A $2 movie theater or $3 movie theater. There was something about that movie that encouraged me and made me feel full and made me feel like I can do this. I can keep going. Because why did you feel like you wanted to stop? Well, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I I wasn't going to say I was going to give up completely, but I was challenged. What was the challenge? The challenge was things weren't happening the way I thought they should happen. It Mm -hmm. weren't happening quick enough. It wasn't happening. I was working with people that I could tell them what the job to do. Like, how are you getting that check for $500,000 a year? And I'm telling you what to do. Right. Why am I? Something's wrong here. So I went, I saw the preacher's wife, like maybe four or five times at the theater. And I would sit there, I would go to the movie. Nobody even know. I just go by myself and just sit there and watch the movie. And I didn't know that God was preparing me to work with this woman for 15 years. So the day she died, I worked with her. You worked with Whitney for 15 years? Uh A long time, a long time. I traveled the world with her. I worked with her. I was always, I just had a great time with her. I was just like, because when I got the call, my agent I was in New York. She took me out to lunch and she, I just sat there like, is this really happening? It just seems so weird. I mean, it's... And my, hold, wait, Snell, you... Hold... What? You don't sit here mm. and tell me that you got a call working for Whitney Houston. And, my agent and just, called me. No. My agent you, called and said that. What was the room? Like, what were you doing? The phone I don't know where I was. Dropped. I don't know what room I was in. I don't know what happened. But I was in disbelief. Wow. <sighs> I work this way. When things shock me or things overwhelm me, I get quiet. I go mm, in. Come on. I go in because I, 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 I don't know if that's fear. I don't know what that is, but that's me kind of like, oh. I'm dealing, yeah. Oh. So 
Wow. One of my first jobs with her. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What did you do when you first met her? What, what was that well, like? Well, I couldn't stop grinning. <laughs> but I knew that beyond being a fan, I had a job to do. Come on. So I came in with my racks of Dolce & Gabbana. Um, who else did I have on that rack? Um... Gucci and everybody else, because it was it was a project that needed to be suited. And you understand why I'm saying suited, what we did. So I'm doing the job and whatever like that. We did the fitting and um, it went beautifully. I learned a lot about her. And the first thing she said to me was, she said, it's so sweet. She said, you have great taste. But you don't have to bring so many clothes for me. You can shorten it and I trust you. We will figure it out and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay. So we did the fitting. I went back to my hotel. And the next day, we did the Diane Sawyer interview. That was my first job with her. I got history all surrounded over me. I have history all around so, me. So, okay, you walk in. Wait, okay, so the first time she said, you have great taste. Bring a smaller moment. Mm -hmm. You're just like, wow, that was regular. Mm -hmm. Then the first interview, what happened? Like, what was, you know? Well, she was up in hair and makeup. I wasn't at that place to hang in that kind of... And sometimes when hair and makeup is going on, after we've talked creative, I kind of like to step out mm -hmm. and just, you know, do my be steam clothes if I'm with an assistant or whatever and just kind of like... Give them, then I get my time, which is usually five or ten minutes because we're running out the door. But um, it was um, interesting. You traveled the world. I went everywhere. I can't even imagine the things that you've seen out. Because we're not talking about... You know, I think there's a, a difference of the, the celebrityism now, especially because we are able to see them on Instagram as easy access be, before. Right. You had to show up. And this is a time when, like, we're talking about, like, Michael Jackson fame. We're talking about yeah. shut down the street. You oh, can't move. to travel with it's a superstar a like that is crazy. We're in the hotel. There are, like, hundreds of people outside waiting just to get a glimpse. Just a glimpse. I mean, we went everywhere. I've been everywhere from Hong Kong to Japan to Moscow to um, St. Petersburg. I've been to Barcelona. I've been to London countless times, Paris countless times. Wow. I've been um, to so many places that I can't even, and, and for work, also New York, that's just a regular. It's like L.A. for me. But just so many countless, and, and, and to travel in such style, but also have the gift of staying in such luxury at the hotel because you're with that A-lister and you're with that client who wants to be near her clothing. So it's really a remarkable experience. So what is one of your favorite memories with working with Whitney? I think the, my, one of my fa favorite moments is with Whitney is just we just sitting down talking and she said, you know what, you remind me of my family. You feel wow. like you're my family. And I think that was one of our sweet moments. And then we had a moment one day when I went to her and I said, I will always be here to dress you. I will never judge you. And I'm here for you and I love you. And I think that really spoke to her because, and she just listened and I just poured myself out to her. And I think in that moment, within the first six months of us working together, solidified that relationship forever. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you said that you worked with her until she departed. Right. Do you remember that day? Where were you? What happened? Well, How did you find out? Well, I was... Um, it's so interesting to me how God will give you a gift. I did not talk to Whitney that often before I went to her. But her assistant, her handler, who has a personal handler, you know, personal handlers to pack for them and to be, make sure they got everything they need and stuff like called me and said, hey, Tim, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm getting ready to head over. She said, um, Whitney, I want to talk to you for a minute. 
I said, okay. And she said, This is the night, the day of? Yes, hours before. Oh, I was hours ready to head before over. she passed. And she did the the assistant said, um, she wants to talk to you. I said, Yeah, put her on. She said, I can't find those drop diamond beautiful costume, you know, the jewelry that some earrings that and she wanted a duplicate pair. And I said, oh, that's not a problem. I'll just grab some on my way to you. I'll just pick. She said, I really appreciate it. I don't know where I replaced it. And she said, thank you, baby. And I'll, see, and I'll see you in a little bit. And I love you. And I said, I love you back. And that was it. Wow. And then I got to the hotel to Mayhem. So that's what happened. Wow. And that's all I want to say about that. Wow. I mean, and you know, it's just so interesting. And that's what I talk about. Just kind of like I mentioned before how it's so important to speak into existence what it is that you want. I, I, I really do think so. But you know how, let me tell you another thing too. God doesn't let things sneak up on you. Come on. Because six months before she passed, I could not shake the song, I Will Always Love You. I'd wake up with it in my head and I'd go to bed with it in my head. I could not shake it. And I tried to shake it and I tried to shake it. I could not shake it. And I think that if when we, like I said, when we truly pay attention to what's ours and what's in the universe and what. I don't think that nothing can really hugely surprise you. I think in preparation, it prepares you for what's coming. And so that was my experience. So, all right. I'm giving you too much. No, I'm just it's sitting up just here pouring my cup right on out. And I'm just, I'm souping it up. And I'm sure whoever's listening, like, they can say, wow. But then, you know, this is what I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. How did you switch from working with the Whitney Houston to be coined as the man behind the curves? How, well, I had how always, did you get to the curvy side? I had always worked with curvy women. I worked with Monique for a while. I worked with Angela Bassett for five years. And um, I just, um, when I got with Latifah, I think because at that point, 11 years ago, the spotlight had already all, always been on her, on her. Which one? Latifah. Mm-hmm. And she worked with the stylist, a dear friend of mine, before I started working with her. Susan Moses had changed the game how how she looked and I just went in and kind of just like kept the game moving with with her with her sensibility and her style look and when you're a woman that's a 16 people always wonder how do you look so good and don't look like your plus size come on and my answer to that is because I look at her as a woman I look at her as someone who wants to look good and it, and the fabric you just have, happens to be a little bit more fabric I don't approach it as a plus size woman and I think that's what has given me the freedom to dress women so well that are plus size because you just have to post them. You have to approach it as if this is someone who wants to be a part of the conversation and look the best that she can. Right. Being a part of a conversation. I can't tell you what it's like to be not in the conversation as being a curvy girl of feeling embarrassed to go to the store. I can only tell you how many times I did not go out to different when I lived in New York. Sometimes I didn't go out to different lounges and clubs and even younger because I didn't have anything to wear. And it is a horrible place to be in. And and it's one thing to say um, it is about confidence, but it's like you don't know where to look, especially when you can say in a situation of you don't see anyone that looks like you. You're not walking in a store where the first person you see or the mannequin you see looks like somebody that 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 will wear something that you have on. Yeah. And I and I had to I had to to find designers that wanted to work with us who wanted to be a part of the conversation and I would go into the showrooms in New York and different say, oh, make that right there in the size. Make that. Do that. And they would look at me and say, oh, that'll work? I said, it absolutely work. Because when you have, when you have, just why sometimes I wouldn't allow my assistants for certain clients go shop for them 
because they didn't have the eye to see beyond what they see. Mm. Because sometimes you have to look at something and know the possibility no, the vision. of it. You got to have the vision. Come for on. It. You got to have the vision for where you can take it and where it can go. Come on. And for me, I've always had the vision of a life for my clients that they would be exceptional no matter who they are. But the love of curvy is natural to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big guy. I have to dress myself in imagination, you know, mm-hmm. and things to make myself look cool that are not your typical or your norm because I know how I want to look. So it just all kind of kind of just kind of flows over to the to the curvy girl as well. I love that because, you know, when you talk about, you know, having the vision, it, it sounds like you're talking about creating and being limitless. And I feel that oftentimes when you think about being in a plus size realm you're in a box you're contained but instead you have the the outlook of how much more and how much more you can do and i'm just wondering um looking at the plus size industry now and even looking back then why do you feel that or maybe it's still you know having now why do you feel that there are limitations on plus size clothing is it bigger than just i don't want to make anything Mm -hmm. for you is it something underlying? Is it about material? Is it about production? Like, well, what's up? There are a couple of different stories with that. First of all, you have to think each designer has an image of how they want their their, their brand to look. Mm, mm. And if they don't want to share that brand with the plus size woman, that's their that's their vision. That's their thing. That's why we have to create the new bodyguards of curvy fashion. That's why we have to look for and find people who are willing and wanted to design for that body type. So there are more opportunities and there are more, there's much more clothing to pick from. Just say, for instance, were there enough curvy designers out there? Said, what do you mean there are enough curvy designers? Said, there are thousands of designers that are designing straight sizes. Why can't there just be thousands of designers right. designing plus size women's clothing? Why are you making it? Why do we have a to thing. put a muzzle on it? Why do we got to, why do we have to do? We don't have to. Because I live in the possibility. And what the possibility is that I see it bigger than what it is. I see it on a bigger, on a larger scale and on a bigger level. I um, wrote some shows and stuff that I based around things like this and stuff like that. And I've done pitch meetings and I'm looking to do more. So if you're out there listening and you want to meet with me to do a pitch meeting about TV shows, please give me a call. Please hit me up. Um, I just think that we have to... Let me say this. The plus size market is a very personal space. Mm. The girls know each other. The people know each other. They they network with each other. They're friendly with each other. They're cool with each other. And um, I think outsiders coming in sometimes can be a little bit too much, especially when they know they're not in it for the whole overall personal kind of thing. And when you say outsiders, who are we? What do we mean? Well, people who really don't understand the the girl they don't understand the brand they don't even know the body type they're just getting a check you know what I mean? It's so interesting because you've I've heard you say this before. I mentioned in the episode of just having mm-hmm. this curvy conversation because it's like curves have something to say too. And it's that language of saying, hey, I'm here. Can you see me? Well, I think the word curvy has changed and I think that it's all inclusive now. All and I think, inclusive. And I think that I, I just feel like it's that word is not as... It is important, and a lot of women love using the word, but I think even the way the retailers try and have been trying to mix clothing sizes amongst everybody else, I think there's nothing more special than a woman who is a size 0X or a woman who is a size 4X or 5X where she can go to a 
to, she can go to a place within a department store that's fabulous and feel like nothing but her size is going to be around her, which, which brings us a huge comfortability. What makes you feel power in numbers? Right. You want to feel like you're included. So yes. what do you feel are some of the uh, challenges that brands do face? Otherwise, other than mm. you may not see your clothing on that type of body type to make sure that the clothing is more inclusive for everybody. Well, I, What's I, happening? I think that I think brands, especially designers who want to design for plus women, they need opportunity. They need department stores and stores to get behind them and bring them into stores and take chances on them. Opportunities have to be created for them to come into the stores and do uh, capsule collections through introduction and stuff like that. That's why you see a lot of people doing stuff on Instagram. They're doing their own stuff, got their own websites. Right, because I guess if they're, they're not going to move, then you might as well just be the person that moves as well, right? Yes, but, there is, but see, people are also looking for experiences. There is nothing like an experience to go, okay, I have shopped everywhere, every major boutique, everywhere, London, Paris, everywhere. Beverly Hills, whatever. There's nothing like going into boutique, being offered champagne, water, whatever, and sitting in a, in, in a beautiful surrounding and clothing is just being brought out to you for your client or with your client or however like that. How often do women of, women of size uh, get to experience that and have they experienced Heck, you we just said how you got to go back in the corner to even see what's on. The only you. one boutique in Beverly Hills that really does that and I've worked with them before many, many times and done um, parties with them as, um, and events, is Marina Rinaldi, mm -hmm. who is a family with Max Mara. So it's happening. It's becoming big. It's, it's changing. But we have to support the women with these voices that are saying what their needs are, and we have to pay attention to that. And how do we do matter. that? By, but to keep listening to people and people with the coin got to come up and give, got to give the bread to make it happen. So if you hear, if you know of a, a curvy designer, a stylist out there, what would you say to them? I would say stay steadfast. Keep doing what you do. Follow the market. To thine own self, be true with your designs. Don't try to be like somebody else. Be like you because that's going to make you stand out and be more unique. Mm -hmm. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. 
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. And it's already done. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. <laughs> you know, you talked about, we did a solicit out there talking about you had right. the ideas for the show, but you and I met on your premiere show, a show that's never been done, anything like never. that Never. The first time ever they had a show on television that focused on nothing but curvy women makeovers and curvy women's bodies and needs. Curvy Style with Timothy Snell, hey. B-E-T. <laughs> Curvy Style with Timothy Snell, B-E-T. To this day, I still get women that hit me up on Instagram. I wish, where are, you know, it's, it's, it's in reruns right now. I get hit up. Oh my God, I just saw your show. I didn't know it was out there. It's amazing. When is the second season coming in? When is this happening? I have had people hit me in the UK. Like, oh my gosh, I just saw you on TV. I was like, oh. Yeah. And that was a few years ago now. So my question to you is, is, mm-hmm. um, do you remember how we met? Yeah, I remember how we met. Well, how, tell them how we met, Snail. What happened? Well, the showrunner. <laughs> mother. Make mother, sure they know. Mother Mary. Mary. Said, I have this girl I want you to meet. And I'm somebody who has a hard time with somebody trying to tell me what to do. He's a Sag. Yeah, I'm Sag through and through. So I was like, huh? You want to meet this girl? Yeah, I think she's perfect if I know Tam. She'll be great. So I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. So you showed up. <laughs> and I have the picture. <laughs> and we were sitting there on the couch with the camera on us to see. In this house in Beverly Hills, What right? our chemistry would be like. Yeah, yeah. And I had to tell you to be quiet because I said, listen, who's interviewing Hugh here? Slow your roll. This one here, slow your roll, everybody. Slow your roll. Slow down. So basically, I said, okay, there is a light in her. There is a spark. And she's funny. And she's pretty. And she is a true curvy girl. Okay, absolutely. Whatever, Mary. Let's just roll with it. We got a show to do. Let's make it happen. Let's make it powerful. And we had a good time. We we We... Were the first? The first. The first. We were the first. I can always say I was the first. I had a billboard in Times Square. Hey. We did a great BET. They did a great commercial for us. We had a whole premiere in New York. Okay. It was fabulous. You brought out everyone. It was, I had so many supportive people coming out to support this because it matters and it still matters. It matters so much. And I want back in on television in this venue because this is very important and we have to keep celebrating. And, you know, I had already worked out the second season, how different it was going to be and what it was going to look like. And we did get picked up, but things happened. You know, things It's happen. always working for our greater good, right? You know what? Because I don't look back, I look forward. So whatever's hey. coming forward is going to be bigger and better than that. Well, let me look back real quick. Oh, it's just sidebar. Uh-huh. Did I tell you how I appeared in front of you? Did mm-hmm. I tell you about that moment? Mm-mm. Back down memory lane. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let me 
tell y'all what happened. First of all, uh, kind of like how Snell has talked about how Latifah, or I'm sorry, with Houston, Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. how you just put it out there and left it alone. It's interesting because I'm looking at my journey and how you've encompassed, you know, how you made your way in my dream because probably who you're Whitney Houston is my Queen Latifah. So mm-hmm. this whole moment, this, 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 Huge. Okay. <laughs> if anybody who knows me knows how much I admire that woman. So let me tell you what happened. What happened? I was working at this production company and after I moved out to LA and this wasn't the fulfillment for Dawn. Mm. And I said I had to do more. So I actually resigned. I um, asked to be released from the job, which I was granted. So I was out there doing Uber, you know, and I had just recently moved or relocated from New York to LA. Mm. So I had signed up for all of these casting agencies backstage whatever and so they were looking for people to have a makeover and it's just so interesting everything that you've been talking about vision Mm -hmm. dreaming possibility they said they were looking for some plus size women to make over well if anybody has met me you know I'm a plus size girl but you know I'm five four and a half on a good day Mm -hmm. but you know when you think of models you're thinking five seven oh not five seven five and eleven ten six foot and so What happened was I had received an email notification from Backstage.com. Now, traditionally, the email comes in and it's like a solicit, like, oh, we have an awesome opportunity. Click here. I'm grateful for whoever made the flyer. All the information um, to be on the show was listed. And so I initially were coming in to be a person to be made over. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about possibility, I had gotten there, had the conversation. They said, wait a minute, well, you already can dress and oh, we like your personality. How would you like to have potentially be on the show? Mm-hmm. And then that's when everything unfolded. I was like, oh my gosh, this man is a stylist for Queen Latifah. Oh my gosh, he's done so much. But more importantly, you spoke to the little girl of Dawn who, you know, I'm one that's always been confident and probably really confident in my dreams. But as far as my size, it has something that has a stronghold. Because yeah. when you are 12 and 13 years old and you are going to Lord and Taylor to find your uh, your <laughs> yeah. Easter suit yeah. where you look like a miniature grown woman, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't 100%. feel good. Right. And to be in the presence of somebody that you make the impossible possible you make it so yeah. that i step in and say that i'm possible and i'm beautiful yeah well it's just me just understanding that everybody needs to wants to be a part of the conversation they want to be a part everybody of the wants to dress nice everybody wants to look beautiful and everybody wants to feel good and and when you put when you put those three things together just think about how how okay when you don't have to worry about how you look come on snail or how you feel come on uh, how you talk or whatever like that, how or whatever your worry is, you can soar because you don't have that in the back of your head. Because right, you're packing light, right? Yeah, you, you don't have that in the back of your head thinking about that. When somebody's looking at you up and down, as you know, you're thinking, oh, you know, negative, when you should be thinking powerfully. You know what I mean? And when that's you, what I love about your show. Your best, and you, your show said all of that. Carvey style with Timothy Snell was an outside in job because, you know, I think oftentimes people can look at like a stylist, like uh-huh. it's so vain, it's on the outside, but it's like, it's true. When you show up and you feel like you yeah. look good, you yeah. are good. Like you said, that's one less thing for me to worry about. So rather than feeling like, I got to push my shirt down, I got to pull up my pants. Right, right. I'm right. comfortable to just be Dawn. Because the clothes fit. The clothes come in my size. I'm not trying to wear something that doesn't fit me. I'm not trying to wear something that I, that that 
is where I want to be, but they don't make it where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So all of that's important. It's like you you are literally the language that can speak with plus size women and 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 clothing. Well, definitely. You know, speaking speaking power into a person's life does not also sometimes just include where the head is. It include it, it also includes how, how your garments are too. Because yeah. let's face it. You know, I was telling Jeremiah as we were just preparing for this interview and I was saying like, we all have our gifts that comes out in different ways. Like Always. mine may be out of my mouth, my mm-hmm. words. Some people have it in their hands. They're building, right. they're making, they're putting on clothes. Some right. people have it with song, right. uh, drawings. But it's like whatever your song is. And I have my personal trainer mm-hmm. on here. And he was saying, it was a quote that he couldn't necessarily pinpoint. Right. But he said that making sure that when you have your song, you sing your song, that you're dying on empty. So you're not hoarding yeah. all of these, I wish I could have or mm-hmm. I should have, based on because what you feel like on the outside of your size. Yeah, I, I, I think it's important. Even if you're a size 14 or a 16 or 18 or a 20 or a 22, if you feel good about yourself and you can go out there and find what you're looking for to wear, it just manifests so much beauty and so much light. Because right. you feel good. And you, when you feel good, you give other people permission to feel good. You walking out, you hey, you're smiling and bouncing on your way. I'm smiling and bouncing on my way. It's true. So I, I have to say that it really, really speaks to a lot of things. When people feel good, they do good. And that's why, you know, even talking about Curvy Style with Timothy Snell, make sure you just check it out just to see what it's about. Because Please do. there was a lot of work that you were doing. Yeah, we were out there Start busting work. out of the streets of LA on the pump. Don't forgive Miss Naja McKenzie. Yeah, love Nausea, her. Love Nausea. And we were out there in the streets trying to get the clothing, but there were times that whether you were with your celebrity clients or with the everyday people, right. you had this conversation kind of like this breakthrough of talking about their relationship with their clothing, what their aspirations yeah, are. What's, what in, your, what's in your closet? What What's your relationship to your clothes? What's in your closet? Uh, um, are you? Do you have things in your closet that you haven't wore five, six years ago? Why is it in your closet? How long should we be keeping clothes in there? Well, I think it depends on your style and your trend and your body weight and how you, what you feel comfortable with wearing. I think there, there are what, what I call investment pieces. Investment pieces are pieces that are made out of luxury fabrics, that are uh, fabrications that you may get for a higher-end designer or something. That would be in a slack a skinny pant. It may be in a beautiful trench coat. It may be in a beautiful black dress that's made out of exceptional fabric something. These are called staples in your closet. Everybody should have their staples. Yeah, a crisp white shirt or something. Okay, pants, blazer, you said? Pants, a blazer, a skirt, a, 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 a dress. I mean, those are just to piggyback, to tap on what the basics are in a closet. Okay. For instance, when I did the Queen Latifah show, I built her closet. And I built her closet around the basics. Jeans, slacks, blazers, blouses, um, dresses, etc. And then what I call the wink, or call like the style, or call like the throwaway fashion, was the inexpensive stuff that I would just get and pop in for, for, that, week, for that special oh, appear that wasn't necessarily an investment piece, but it made a statement. And that's where your stores come in like H&M and Zara and all of those stores and Fashion Nova and all of these stores like this and these young upcoming urban designers and stuff because you're investing in them to get the the fashion pieces. So if you were to think of what's one secret thing that you may have in your styling kit that you feel like every man, woman, child, whomever should have. Double stick tape. 
double stick double tape. Double stick tape. Double stick tape. What about the, the, the makeup wipes? The, that's my second one. Okay. But your double stick tape, because you can tape your belt down, you can keep your, your blouses from falling open. If you're missing a button, you can tape a cuff, all of that type of stuff. But then the Pons makeup removers. Mm-hmm are my go-to thing. The, the Pons makeup just... movers are wipes that you remove makeup with. It'll take anything out of clothes and will not leave a stain. And I've witnessed it because on the show, there will be moments. Snell is like, pull out the Pons, wipe, wipe, there you go. And it's just, it dries beautifully and it doesn't leave a stain and it takes the... Um, I found this out from a makeup artist. Really? Because she was, um, we had an early call time for Good Morning America. We went down, went back to the hotel, had breakfast. She wasted raspberry syrup down her white blouse. She said, oh, I'm not worried about it. I get it out. I said, well, how are you going to get that out? Pond's makeup wipe remover. Now, what about, you know, just as a curvy girl, what are some of the things as far as undergarments that everyone should have? Well, everything begins with a good foundation. Life, your house, everything begins with a good foundation. So I think that that's where you should start. Um, with a good bra, with a good body shaper, um, with a good panty, that's a good investment. Go to your go to your local Macy's. Go to the Macy's store. Go to a department store. Look around. See what will work for you. I, when I was on the Steve Harvey show one time, I said, I, I, a woman, she lost a lot of weight and she wanted to know, what could I wear? How should I look going forward? I said, well, first of all, congratulations on your weight loss. You yeah. lost over 100 and some pounds. The second thing you should do, take a friend. Go to the mall. Go to a department store. Pull all the clothes you want to try. Try them on and take pictures of yourself to see before you buy anything to see what works on your new body. Uh, and you're not paying for nothing. Right. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but you're not because you're not sure yet. Right. But that's a that's just like a wardrobe. That's like a wardrobe room. And it gives you a visual representation of, you know, just... It's a wardrobe room. You're walking through a Macy's. You're walking through a Bloomingdale's. You're walking through. You're trying on... You can go on into the dressing room. You're getting an idea of what your new body will do for you and how you feel. Mm-hmm. And then make a decision on what works for you and what you'd like to add to your closet as you're throwing the old things away. So, um, with all this expertise... Coming down to just your schooling, down to working with your celebrity clients, down to just knowing what works. You had a swimsuit line all, with Always For Me Now. Always For Me. Yes, yes. I Timothy Snell collection. Collaboration. Yeah. I was very proud of it. It was very beautiful. Um, it did okay. I just think it was, uh, we needed more PR behind it, but it's beautiful. And you I, know, I was just looking online. It's still up there now if you want to take a look at oh, it. And if you want to check it out, okay? Please go to Always And, and tell us a little bit. It's kind of like a, it's a sporty kind of. Sporty, it's a sporty kind of swimsuit line. I have, I have pieces in there with the high cut bathing suit bottom, with the crop tops, with zippers, and um, like a, a wetsuit that you'd have for a, it's a, it's a legless wetsuit that you would have in black with a long zipper. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one pieces that are color blocked and stuff. It's really cool. I'm you very go from proud the streets to the beach. Yeah, from the streets, pool to stay cool. <laughs> streets to the beach. I love it. And then there's some cover ups that are mesh and lightweight and stuff that mm-hmm. you can just throw over stuff. Cute that you can just look cute in and look be comfortable. And you know what I loved about it too is that it gave me that support. Like I felt like I was being supported. I felt smooth. I felt like there's something that I learned from you, especially with clothing. So uh, Curvy Girls, take note. is about the importance of grazing the body. Yeah, sometimes clothes should graze the body and not necessarily suck the body. What? But that's why you shape slim and smooth. That's your beginning. Did you catch that? You shape, shape? slim and you smooth. That's how you- That's a tempting. That's the, that's the foundation. 
That's where you start with the underpinnings. That's why underpinnings are important. You shape slim and smooth. And then after you shape slim and smooth, that's when you try the clothing on to see how it works and what it works for your body. What works for your body? But the clothing line, but the clo- but the swimwear, I mean, to every woman that wears that, I have had women to call me and it's good to know, it's, is it still, is it It's back still up there? Up there? Yes, always to, for me. I got to tell some people because- It's summer. Because the- what I got from people, it was featured in People Magazine as one of the best swimsuits that year that it came out to for plus size women to wear. I have that in my press kit. One of the best, one of, it was featured in People for one of the best swimsuits to wear because what it does was it was put together, no underwire, but it was made in a way where it supports you and it held you. And it, 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 it ran over the cheek the right way and everything like that. Phenomenal. And I'll say this. I felt so good. Like it was something that I could put on. You know, I had the tank kini Mm -hmm. and I had the bathing suit, but I could put on some slacks. I can put on a lot more with it. It was something that. The the tank kini top you could put on with a huge ruffle, um, ruffle border um, maxi skirt. With some flip-flops and just wear it at the beach. After you sat at the beach and lounge just to be, you want to go to the bar and drink. There were so many different ways to wear it. Because I think when you design stuff for people, we have to be versatility with design. Because people have, a lot of times, if it's not a wedding dress, an evening gown, or a black tie thing, you need versatility within clothing. Mm -hmm. So you can wear your items more often and get your money's worth. Come on. So let me ask you this. Now, in design school, while you learn the colors, the textures, the patterns and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, can you design clothing like, I don't know the proper term, cut it out? Make I haven't it sewed in years. But so. When we were in design school, we were responsible to make our own pa- sketch, make our own patterns, design, create our own textile prints if we wanted to create prints. But yes, I know how to make patterns and all that stuff. That's why when I'm with a tailor and a tailoring session with a client, I can look at the garment and tell exactly what needs to be done right away because I understand fit. So the question is, is now, mm-hmm. are you going to take us from the beach to the streets? Or can we expect another clothing line from Snow? I'm working on something to drop for this fall. I want to get my feet wet and I want to, again, and I want to drop something this fall that I'm going to do through Instagram and through online. Give us, what is it going to be? It's coming. It's coming. And it's universal for all curvy women's body types. And I really believe they're going to love it. Oh, really? Because I try to think what's an important that I could drop that a lot of women would want to wear. Even the smaller women, but especially my curvy dolls. My curvy superstars. Curvy superstars. That's what I call them. (laughs) Now that is truly, that's truly exciting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now that we know that you did the swimsuit, that you're planning on another line, what else is in store for you? Well, you know, I'd really like to pin a book. And I would like to pin a book of great makeovers and my and my um, before and afters and my journey as being a big person and how that it how I got inspired and how I've come to the position to inspire others and share what what I did. Because I want to do an illustration book on like what I did before and after the before. I want to write on the page with the before and after to say, I changed this. I did this. This I want to give you exactly what I did to improve the shape and the body. Kind of like the, the curvy look. script, the all-inclusive script. All-inclusive. I just want it, I, I want it to be readable lightweight and I just you know I need a publisher and somebody who believes in it because I really think it's important that a lot of times women have a style bible that are curvy on where to go how to go this gene works on my body type look for that gene 
This blazer works on my body type. That A-line skirt works on my body type better than a pencil skirt. This is These are the things that should be tools that should just be on your body type what works best on you. So when you go shop and stuff, when you look for those items, you try it on, you're like, wow, that looks great. Right. And there's nothing better than that feeling mm-hmm. of being able to go into a store, put something on and feel good yes. when you look at yourself. Yes. I can't tell you just being transparent the amount of times that I've walked into a store. I passed by a mirror and I just to say, Ugh. and not because, um, no, just simply because I didn't feel the best in what I had on, but because I, I didn't know what it looked so... Is well, you there? and I, I have styled you for stuff and I've yes. put you and I've gotten you to buy things that you didn't think. I never would have looked at that. Honey, still has got me a couple of people on several occasions. In fact, uh, I was just showing uh, Jeremiah when we did the premiere for Kirby Style with Timothy Snell oh, yeah. and you had me in that cape gown. Honey, yeah. I was cascading around that night. Uh, it was everything. And it to was. know that you just whip, whip, bam. Thank you, man. Well, I knew it would work on you and it did. It just made you look like a column. It made you look taller. It's, which is definitely what I need. But... Is there any, is there like a basic, like, or a few body standard body types that you well, can you give know, a device to? You know, there's a pear shape, there's a triangle What works for top. the pear shape, traditionally? Well, she has a small waist, so a lot of times she could wear a lot of things that you want to cinch in the waist. If you want to accent your waist, you're, and then you have the triangle, you're heavier on top. So if you're heavy on top, you, sometimes I like to go with a bigger bottom for a triangle shape to balance the body so you don't look like you have two sticks and you're just a big square on top, that's a, that's a body type to play with. There are, And then there's the oval. She's just round all over. That's somebody that you may need to add a shoulder pad to, that you may need to add some gathering and some pleating in different areas just to create some volume to kind of just, or, or things just to slim it down. But one of the things that I was, my sister was telling me about, and I find is, and I was talking to, I was doing some consulting with someone, a lot of times, curvy, young curvy girls going to show their arms. They're going to show their body. They're going to show whatever they want to show <laughs> because they are in that um, Lizzo thing in your head at that point, which is dope. But when a woman gets to be about 35, a lot of them and up, they, curvy women, they don't like to show their arms. So you have to be creative in how you put a sleeve in something that still shows skin without making you look old. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Wait a minute. When you're at 35, if you show arms, that means you you look older? Wait. No, 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 I, no. no. I'm saying that some women beyond 35 that are curvy, they have bigger arms sometimes, yeah. and they don't want to be fleshy. Even some younger, they don't want to show it. You know, the uh, truth be they told. They don't want to show the flab so, or, or something that's jiggly. They want to show something that's covered up, but maybe they need a cold shoulder with the skin showing here. Maybe they need Just to, to give slit a down the shoulder to the yeah. elbow to show it opens up and shows some skin. Or maybe it's a... Uh, a ruffle sleeve that's just over butterfly this I'm just saying we have to we have to design with everybody in mind but with your design design with everyone in mind you have to design with everyone in mind but you have to be true to yourself when you create your collection Mm. Mm. so it isn't about discrimination it's just about any art it's just like I'm so greedy. You know, the first thing I thought about was food (laughs) do you put the egg in your mac and cheese or don't you it's just personal preference. It's personal. And it's just how you want the presentation of your meal, or in this case, how you want your yeah. clothes. How you want your clothes to be. But I think I think the clothes are just, like I said, a universal language. They speak to all of us. Clothes tell a story about people. So uh, what's the story that you want to leave with people? Well, I just want to leave with people that, you know, what I think to thine own self be true. And I think that when it comes down to style, 
Style is something that people can teach you. You either have it or you don't. But don't be afraid to play with different things to find your own style. Catch it. Now, if somebody's listening and, and they want to uh, keep in contact with you and follow up, how do they do that? They can hit me up on my Instagram, which is Timothy Snell, O-N-E, one, Timothy Snell, one, O-N-E. And all of my information is there. My business email address is there. And um, I'm on Twitter, the same thing, Timothy Snell, one, O-N-E. Um, website? Re- website, moderncurves.com. So reach out to me, say hello, ask me questions, um, DM me, um, hit me up. Um, I um, got a lot to say, as you can tell, but I have a lot to say that I think will help people to rise to the occasion and be the best you can be in your curvy body. All curvy superstars need to feel amazing. You need to feel like a star that's going to shine. Yeah, every day. It's your life. You're, let me tell you, one, somebody said this to me one day. Your life is a movie. You have to make a choice whether you're going to be the victim or you're going to be the star. Your life is a movie. You have to make a choice. I choose to be a star in my movie. I don't want to be a victim in nothing. Lights, camera, action. Catch it. Catch it. Well, you kind of already said it, but, you know, just as a standard protocol, I always ask people, um, you know, if they want to leave something, a dose of vitamin D. It can be a song lyric. It can Mm. be a quote. It can be something that you, whatever could just shed some light, give some inspiration. What would you say? I don't know. I think for me, what I would say, we all wear a crown. Just let yours shine. Drop it. Bars. Did you catch it? The man behind the curves himself is saying, walk in your authority. Walk in your in yourself. We all have a crown on our head. Just, hey. just let it shine. Just let it sparkle. If you want to tilt it to the side, tilt it to the side. But just don't wear the crown and let the light go dim on it. Let it shine. Wow. You all bundle of inspiration. <laughs> you know. I'm so grateful for Mother Mary. I'm so grateful me for our too. friendship. Me too. I love her. You know, you you really opened up a, a huge lens for me. Not only of just what's possible in my body, but just even the possibility of dreams because it's one thing like when we say we have our own dreams, but right. it's another to witness it. Yeah. And just down to you just speaking existence of mm. Whitney and then just how it manifested and just how many conversations you've been a part of because you allowed your voice to be heard and you also yeah. have been a megaphone for so many women just like me. Me. I, I, I feel blessed and I'm just beginning. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, they say it's not over until it's over. And as it's long as you over. listen to it, it ain't over. Not yet. Um, so Snell, I want to thank you. Thank, thank you, you for uh, sharing the conversation. Great conversation. I enjoyed myself. You got me to talk about a lot of stuff. I hope I didn't bore anyone, but <laughs> this is my journey. And here, this is where I'm at. And, um, you know, it's been incredible highs and lows in this journey, but I'm grateful for all of it. Well, I hope uh, all of you are grateful for this time with Snell and that you walked away of knowing that you have a ground and it's your duty to shine. You're starring in your movie, lights, camera, action. This is the man behind the curves, the one that extends the conversation so that it can be received and communicated with all. A person that has stood forth to say they want to be an example and to be a voice for the voiceless. So now it's just your turn to step up. Make sure that you go ahead and check out the website, Modern Curves. Make sure you follow him on social Social media, Timothy Snell One, and um, check out the Tim Tips. Make sure you understand the importance of the shape, the slim, the smooth. Get the foundation, because when you got great 
foundation, you got so many things to build upon. And more importantly, the more curves you have, the more possibility you have. Live a life that's limitless and make sure that you step into the possibility and step into the realm of creating your imagination. Life is for the living, so let's live. I appreciate you, Snail. I love you. And I appreciate each and every one of you that have been tuning in to Vitamin D. And guess what? If you enjoyed this conversation, you got to check it out on YouTube. Yes, on YouTube, where you can actually see what's going on in the studio. Um, Also, I want to encourage you that if you want some more Vitamin D outside of this, make sure you follow me at Dawn Day Speaks. And in the meantime, in between time, until next time, I want you to always remember that you are your greatest asset. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today you deserve a moment to yourself every single day and a delicious bite of a keebler sandies can give you that comforting pause relax this sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt in your mouth magic of a keebler sandies this magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by ernie and the keebler elves so as life continues to fly by make the most of your me moment take a pause and enjoy a keebler sandies